Okay, I'm going to see if I can make this a little bit longer. Um, this pod a little longer. Okay, um, reconstructed but unregenerated. And I'm on four, page four of this, and I'm start pick up where I left off. The pioneers explored the soil. Explored the soil. Determined what concessions it might reasonably be expected to make them. Housing themselves. Developed all their necessary trades and arriving by painful experiment at a thousand satisfactory recipes by which they might uh, might secure their material necessary. Their descendants have had the good sense to consider that the establishment was good enough them. They have elected to survive their comparatively easy and routine lives in accordance with the traditions which they inherited, and they have consequently enjoyed a leisure, a security, and an intelligible freedom that were never the portion never the portion of the pioneers the pioneering life is not the normal life whatever some americans uh, may suppose it is not if we look for the meaning of european history the re- the lesson of each of the european cultures now extact ex- now extinct in is in this that European opinion does not make too much of the intense practical enterprises, but is at pains at pains to to define rather narrowly the practical efforts which is prerequisite to the reflect and aesthetic life. Boys are very well pleased to employ their muscles about almost exclusively, but men prefer to exercise their minds. In this, the European intention to live maternally long, the inherited line of least resistance in order to put the surplus of energy into the free life of the mind. Thus is ingrained that famous and infamous European conservationism which will appear stupid stupid, nearly to the men to men that still fascinate by fascinated by materialistic projects 
men in the state of arrest, adolence, ad, yeah, adolence, for instance, to some very large, if indefinite, fraction of the population of the United States. I have in mind here the core of unalternated Europeanism with its self-sufficient, backward-looking, intense provincial communities. The human life of English provinces long ago came to turn with nature, fixed its roots somewhere in the space between the rock and the shade of the tree, founded its uh, comfortable institutions, secured its modest prosperity, and then willed the whole in perpetuity to the generations which should come after in the ingenious confidence that it will affect them all the essential human satisfaction. Ugh, long word. Breathly, too. For it is the character of a seasoned provincial life that is realistic or successful adapted to its nature, natural environment and that as an consequence it is stable and inheritable. But it is the character of our urbanized, anti-provisional, progressive and mobile America life, American life, that it is in the condition of eternal flux. Affections and long memories attach to the ancient bower, bowers of life in the provinces, but they will not attach to what is always changing. Okay. However, Americans, however, are particularly are particular in being somewhat advised to these afflictions of nature, natural objects, and to these memories. Memories of the past are attached with a certain pain called nostalgia. Yeah, that's true. It is hardly a technical term in our sociological and our psychiatry, but it might well be. Nostalgia is a kind of grow kind of growing pains, psychologically speaking. It occurs it occurs to our sorrow when we have decided that it is time for us marching to some significant destiny to abandon abandon any old home an old provisional setting or any old way of living to which we have become accustomed have become have become 
habitation, habit, habitual, aided, habitated, habitated. It is the compliant of human nature in its vegetative state, vegetative aspect, not state. Um, we have, when it is plucked up by the roots from the place of its origin and transplanted into a foreign soil, soil or even left dangling in the air, and it must be nothing else but nostalgia. The intu in in instinctive objection to being transplanted that chiefly presents the duration of human communities and their complete geographical disposition as the casualties of an unstable wanderlust. Oh, big words. Okay. Derationalization of our Western life is the strange discipline which individuals turn upon themselves. Turn upon themselves. Enticed by the blandishment of such fine words as progressive, liberal, and forward-thinking. The uh, progressiveness says to effect, do not allow yourself to feel homesick. Form no such powerful attachment that you will feel a pain of cutting those loose. Prepare your spirit to be always on the move. According to this gospel, there is no rest for the worry, not even in heaven. The poet Browning expressed an ungrateful intention the moment he shall enter unto his reward to fight onward there, there as here. The progressive H.G. Wells has outlined every neatly outlined very neatly his scheme. Yeah, his scheme of progress. The only disheartening features being that he has had to revise it a good many times, and that the state to which he wants us to progress never has any final or definition. Okay. Browning and Wells would have made very good Americans, and I am sure they have got the most of their dis disciples on this side of the Atlantic. They have they have not been good Europeans. Yeah, H. G. Wells, I know about that. Browning, I don't know. 
that one. But I do know H.G. Wells. He's kind of be called the father of science fiction, which I like. Okay, let me get back to this. All the true progressive intents. Uh, give me a second. Intents to have a program so elastic that they can always propose new worlds to conquer. If his utopia were practicable, practicable really, and if the progressive should secure it, he would then have to defend it from further progress, which would mean his transformation from a progressive to a conservative into a conservative, which in which is unthinkable. The gospel of progress is the curious development which does not reflect great credit on those supposed capability of our species for formulating its own behavior. Eventually, the formula may evolve as practicers in self-torture uh, uh, give me a second oh uh, let me find it again eventually the formula may evolve its pract uh, practice practicers in self in self-torture and suicide just as readily as the enjoyment of life. I don't think I'm going to make this go any much longer. In most societies, man has adapted itself to experiment with plenty of intelligence to secure easily his material necessities for the graceful bounty of nature. Okay, I'm going to stop here because I was going to make this do the 30 minute, but I don't think it, because they got some big words in here. And as I said, I hadn't done this in a while, but I'll be back here in just a minute and finish what I can. <laughs>